Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studio. This is the Ramsey Show. It's where we help you win in your life, specifically your money, your work, and your relationships. I'm Ken Coleman, and I'm joined by my colleague, Christina Ellis. We're here for you this hour, 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Let's get to the phones, shall we? Uh, Yami is joining us in Orlando, Florida. Yami, how can we help? Hey, um, well, as you know, my name is Yami. Hi, yes. everyone. Yeah. Um, basically, um, I went to school um, a little later in life, like maybe two years after I graduated, I had a really good paying job. I worked in a bank, but I had a passion to do ministry and I'm a really good singer. So actually my, my old youth pastor said, maybe you should go to school to become a worship pastor. So I decided to go, yeah, I decided to go to, um, SCU at an extension site where I was basically working full time, doing schooling for time, but they were actually paying for most of my schooling up until um, COVID hit. Um, And during COVID, since I wasn't able to work at the church full time, I was having to take out a loan. And mind you, I never ever wanted to take out a loan. That was like my biggest fear. But during COVID, I I absolutely had to, or I wouldn't be able to pay for schooling. Um, So what ended up happening was that um, I, I didn't really read the fine print and I made a huge mistake, and it turns out that that they had been placing um, those loans on my account, my student account, up until I graduated. So um, then I was left with almost $10,000 of student loans, um, as well as um, recently I just did my taxes, and I owe like almost $700 because I was working part-time at a preschool, and they were like a self-employed kind of, uh, deal. So now I owe money back. Anyway, all all that to say, I have a passion for people and helping people. And during COVID, I was really depressed and I was able to get out of that depression. So my, my passions kind of shifted and I decided that I would love to be a therapist one day. Um, trying to figure out what's the smartest thing to do if I should wait before going back to school to pay off these loans or if I should defer them or I guess that's what it's called or um, and then just hop right into school or if I should even get the degree at all considering the state of the world and inflation and yeah I'm just kind of lost and I want to do is help people in my life sure yeah well I'm glad you called today and I think I think the very first thing is kind of just slowing down like I feel like there's a lot of kind of chaos in all of this, especially even with the way you got your last degree and the confusion with COVID and taking out the loan and not knowing what's going on and now wanting to shift and not really sure. I think you're heading somewhere, but we sometimes it's good to just go, okay, let's stop. Let's stop and be real strategic about this. And I think that's what you're doing with calling today. So um, I'm glad you did that. So with the degree that you got, it was, what was the major so I'm, I majored in ministerial leadership, um, so it wasn't necessarily a, a worship pastoring degree. That, that It was more just about um, biblical studies and um, public speaking and leadership abilities and things like that. Plus, I got a minor in psychology, and it's accredited, so that's good. So what are you doing right now? What is your career at the current moment? Right now, I'm working at a Bath & Body Works, and I'm trying to find a job that's maybe hopefully going to be able to pay for the master's degree if I decide to go that route. 
Okay, I feel like this conversation makes me think of what Ken and I talked about recently about grad school. I think a lot of people go to grad school when they feel confused. They feel like maybe their undergrad degree didn't lead exactly to the career that they wanted or it wasn't as easy when they when they graduated. They're they're working in a job that they're not wanting to stay in. They feel confused. So they're like, you know what? If I go to grad school, then I don't have to feel weird right now. I can get an education and I know I'm heading to something and, and it just kind of like puts a bandaid on it, really. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying grad school is not the right decision. I'm not saying that it's not a good thing, but it's not the right decision when you're trying to figure out, when you're trying to find yourself. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where you're at right now. I think your undergrad degree could possibly lead to a great job that you really love. You say you love working with people and you want to help people. There's mm-hmm. a lot of jobs out there that you could get with a four-year degree that you have right now without having to go take on yeah. you know the 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 commitment and the time and the effort of a grad degree and i know ken you probably have well strong opinions yeah, on this. <laughs> I, I, I want to dig in here because if i heard you correctly there was a season where you were enjoying working in a church setting a ministry setting and you also love to sing and so mm-hmm. i'm just curious i understand that you went through some tough stuff during the pandemic and when you came out of that this this passion um, for being a counselor coming out of your own depression, I understand how that presented itself. So I don't want in any way to minimize that. So I want to make sure you hear what I'm asking. What changed about the music and the ministerial position? What changed uh, other than maybe what you went through and then coming out of it? And, and I just wonder if you saw a path to where you could win financially, um, would that have changed your mind? Tell me what you're feeling when I ask you that. Um, well, I just, I started, well, my the church that I interned at, it was a really like, it, it was a bigger church. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, I, I, I didn't really realize that that position exactly, like being a, maybe a worship pastor wasn't going to be like a, a full-time thing um, or like something that I could make a decent amount of money doing, um, to survive, I guess. Um, not only that, but, um, I just wasn't trained as well as I, as I thought I would be like, essentially I was placed where I was needed because it was a big, big organization. All right. So for just the interest of time, this was not some burning desire to be in ministry long-term. This was something you just kind of, kind of fell into. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. All right. So I want to give it back to Christina on this, um, but I would just simply say, um, if you feel absolutely called, and I'm going to give you my Get Clear career assessment to take. It's about an 18-minute assessment. I'm going to give it to you for free. I want to see if that purpose statement and your results line up with the therapy. And it'll be really clear. But if that is, in fact, what you really want to do and you know you have what it takes to do it, then let's delay getting into that graduate degree until you mm-hmm. can afford it. Christina? Yeah, I'm with you on that, Ken. And I also think we should give her from paycheck to purpose because I think there's a lot of like feeling of lack of purpose right now. You're feeling confused and frustrated that where you're working Mm -hmm. is not where you envisioned. And I think you can get to a much better job that's more in line with something you'd be excited about. And I think, too, you could work in a field that maybe you do eventually want to get a grad degree, but test the field first. And so if I'm in your shoes, I'm not going back to school yet. I'm taking some time. I'm taking the assessment. I'm reading Ken's book. And then I'm finding a job that's exciting to me right now in this moment, paying off my student loans. And then we can talk about grad school. It's going to be there, Christina. 
her grad school opportunity and her future will be there after she gets debt free. And that's what we want for you. Yami. So hang on the line. Uh, appreciate where your heart is at. We're going to give you the Get Clear Assessment, which is like a, a compass. And then the book from Paycheck to Purpose is the guide to help you climb up the mountain. Hang on the line. Austin will get that for you. Thank you so much for calling. Don't move. More Ramsey Show coming right up. Hey, guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make health care more affordable. Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. This is the Ramsey Show where we help you win in your life, specifically your money life, your work life, and your relationship life. I'm Ken Coleman. Christina Ellis is my colleague, and we are here for you this hour. 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225 to jump in on the conversation. Uh, We are hiring. I feel like everybody's hiring, but we are definitely hiring. Here's a fact about Ramsey Solutions that we're very, very proud of. We've never laid anyone off. Now, we've had to fire some duds, but we don't lay people off, so that's nice. For the past 30 years, we've been doing what we preach. We run a cash-based business, which means we budget for everything. That includes salaries and comp for our team members. You deserve the right to work for somebody you can trust, and you can trust us. While other people are firing, we're still hiring. And we have several open roles on our marketing sales and technology team. So we need people like you to join us. We're way more than a radio show. We help people build real wealth, do work they love, and create relationships in a common sense but countercultural way. If that sounds like a mission that you want to be part of, we'd love to have you apply. Check out all the open roles. Check out all the open roles, rather, at RamseySolutions.com slash careers, RamseySolutions.com slash careers. And if you want to get noticed... I would tell you, go to KenColeman.com, download <laughs> the free resume guide, and use the template because our resume template does tend to get noticed. That's all I'm going to say. It's not good. <laughs> there you go. All right, Christina, you got an update um, so of sorts. We are standing by with bated breath to see what is going on with uh, the loan forgiveness program and the Supreme Court. What do you got for us? Y'all, it started today, February 28th. It is the day that student loan forgiveness is going before the Supreme Court. So it feels like we have waited 83 years for anything to move on this. But You're going to is... wait 83 more years, <laughs> in my humble opinion. We'll see. It is finally we'll time for at least arguments to be heard yeah. and hopefully some decision to be made. And just in, an article was posted Uh-oh. because uh, it started this morning okay. and the headline says Supreme Court majority signals skepticism over Biden's student loan forgiveness. You think it's interesting. It says the conservative majority signaled deep skepticism Tuesday about Biden's plan to wipe out 400 billion in student loan debt for tens of millions of Mm -hmm. Americans, suggesting the president overstepped his powers under the law. Really? (laughs) Tell us your opinion, Ken. (laughs) I'm just providing sound effects so far. (laughs) 
<laughs> During the course of more than three hours of closely watched arguments, the justices prodded the Biden administration for answers about why the student loan plan was different from other emergency policies the White House attempted to implement in the wake of the COVID-19 mm-hmm. pandemic, but were struck down. In one series of troubling signs for the plan, the chief justice questioned a central premise of Biden's argument that the president has the authority to cancel student loans without explicit authority from Congress. He doesn't. It's getting spicy, y'all. So well, there's this thing called the Constitution that uh, you didn't tune in to hear about. <laughs> but if you'd ever like to know, send me an email and I'll give you guys a crash course on this lovely document. If you can't tell, Ken Ken has an opinion. Oh, I'm, but I'm being a really good boy right now. I, You're I'm keeping it contained. Focused. Uh, don't hold your breath is my point. And yes. by the way, I've been saying this. Yeah, day uh, on two. On the record, Dave and I, when it first came out, we were very strong on this. It's not going to happen. And and the number one reason why it's not going to happen is because if it was if it was going to happen, the Biden administration would shut down the federal student loan program because. They're continuing to give out loans, so it doesn't smell right, look right. If you and we've been saying, we've been saying from the beginning, keep paying off these loans. There's not interest accruing right now. This is the time to think about it. But if you've been waiting. This is the time where they're deliberating, and I hope you again can feel that wake up call that. Dicey. It's dicey. We don't know what's going to happen, but it's not looking promising. We will keep you updated as things come about. It's not expected that a decision will be reached immediately. This could be a little time, yeah. um, but we'll keep you posted. I'm posting updates on my Instagram. We'll tell you updates here on the show. Tell people your Instagram handle. At I am Christina Ellis. There you go. Christina with a K. Very so yeah, nice. we'll keep you posted, y'all. And I know there's a lot of people fan- feeling anxiety about it, but hopefully that can come to rest soon. One way or another, we will have a decision. I'm trying to tell people. Point. Go ahead and forget it. You're not going to get your loans forgiven. Go ahead and start paying it off. Pay it off. Uh, I don't mind being wrong. It's not going to happen, though. All right, let's go to the phones. Casey joins us in Phoenix, Arizona. Casey, how can we help? Hi, guys. Hey. So I recently made a decision that felt like I had to make. My mom, she has a way of making me feel like I'm doing something wrong unless it's not the way she's doing it. Ouch. She tells me mm. to do it. Did, so, did you say you had to make this point, decision? I felt I felt like I had to. And, you know, I'm working on that with myself. Because mom made her feel that way. How old are you, Casey? Yeah. How am I? And how, how old am I? How I'm 28. Old? Casey. Just turned 28 Casey, uh, the Casey, 9th of February. Casey, hmm? you're a grown woman. And you know you're great. I know. Like, you have got to get to the point where you get over disappointing your mom because based on what you said and the way you're acting, I believe you 100%. And I'm just going to say something that may hurt your feelings, but mm-hmm. you need to hear it. Your mom Please. is manipulating you. <sighs> you know, it, yeah, yeah. So yeah, stop. She, has, uh, she doesn't get to do that anymore. She's going to love you even when you disappoint her because you've been a really good girl growing up and you're a pretty great lady as an adult. True or false? <laughs> or or she you. might not. We don't know the mom and boundaries <laughs> are still healthy. Fair. I, you know what? <laughs> That's a very good point. But my, I just, I don't think that, do you, you and your mom have a fairly healthy relationship outside of this no. kind of stuff? 
No, no. no. We, oh. Not that. I, wow. You know, one thing I wish is that my parents were more of financial awareness right. with amongst us, too. And growing up, I'm suffering with that. Yeah. So I, tell I us, did everything the wrong way. So tell us this know? financial okay, so, decision that you felt pressured into. Okay, well, I'll take it back to October. October, debt-free. You know, I'm peaceful mind. I'm feeling good. I, I drive a clunker, it's, but it's getting by. I have a credit card, though, because my mom says, you know, you got to start credit somehow. So get a credit card. Okay, fine. But I'm going to be better with it. I don't want to be like mom and have all this credit debt. So I pay it all off. I pay it currently. Today, after listening and, you know, trying to do my research, I don't need the credit card. So I canceled it today. Good. Not a zero balance. Yay. So I felt good about that. I felt really good. We got to hurry up because we only got about two minutes with you. So how much, what's the car situation? November, lost my car. November, lost my clunker. I got a car loan. I have a car loan now. It's thirteen grand. Okay. I don't feel good about it. Mom says I should have got a higher car. I should have got a better. Yeah, we don't care what mom car. says anymore on this issue. That. What's the car worth? So I have it. The car's thirteen k. I bought it for twelve. I got uh, the extended warranty for twenty nine. I put four grand down. So now it sits at thirteen one. I haven't even had a first payment yet. Due the twenty fifth. What is the car worth? Could you sell it today? What could you sell it for? I, I don't know. I just got it. I literally just bought it from the dealership. So this is your only nothing. debt. This is your only debt, correct? This is my this is my only debt. I have about twelve and a half in ca- in in cash in the bank. I have forty four of my emergency fund. I just lowered my four hundred one k to three percent. Should I turn the four hundred one k off and put everything to this car? Can I pay off this car tomorrow? So I don't know what that'll do to the bank because I've never just whoa, 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 you know signed yeah. up for a loan and then All paid right. it off. The next so day. I'm gonna let Christina answer because we got about a minute left. So pay attention; she's gonna walk you through this. So you said you have twelve thousand in the bank and the loan is thirteen thousand. Is that correct? I got her on hold because we're about okay. to run into breaks. Yeah, it sounds like you have the cash. She's mentioned another forty four. So it's like yeah, if you have the cash right now, I want you to off. pay it off. Don't borrow from your 401k loan. I couldn't tell if she was trying to hint at that. No, she not just, do. she's saying, should I pause 401k contribution to pay it off? Yes. Normally, yes, but I think you can pay this completely off. By my math, it was 9000 you owe. You got 12 plus another four. Pay it off pay today. Pay it off today. And then be debt free. Go get yourself a cheap $3,000, $4,000. And we're going to gift you FPU. We want yeah. you to take it and stop listening to mom. <laughs> like, this is your financial journey. Yes. Thank you so much, Casey, for the call. You got this. Don't move. More Ramsey Show coming up. Welcome back to the Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by my colleague, Christina Ellis. We're here for you this hour, talking to you about your money, your work, and your relationships. 888-825-5225 is the number. 888-825-5225. Let's go to Charlotte, North Carolina now. Jessica joins us there. Jessica, how can we help? Hi, um, I am about $10,000 in debt. Um, I just recently started working in September to try to begin paying this off as I've been a stay-at-home mom. Um, we, me and my husband recently received taxes. We received about $8,000. Um, he paid his credit cards off with that $8,000. Um, and we have some left and we have about 2400 and he, well, we don't agree um, that I should pay 
what's left, the 2400 on my cards. He feels that it won't help and it won't put a dent into um, where I'm at. And so I just, I don't really know what to do. I definitely feel this and um, okay, so I'm not sure. Feels like if I'm hearing you right, there's a lot of he and there's me and mm-hmm. I'm not hearing any we. Is that feels like we. this is a big problem? Yeah. Definitely. Well, I'm confused because you said I have ten thousand in debt, and then he paid off his eight thousand. So, yeah. you all have debt. Like, if you have ten thousand, it's it's y'all's ten thousand in debt. How, that's not how you guys are playing this out, correct? Right. Correct. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want you to take the remaining twenty four hundred, if I heard you right, and put it on your mm-hmm. credit card, which would knock it down from ten to uh, what is the math on that? Sixty eight, sixty six hundred. Yeah. So how do we get to this point? Like, how how long have y'all been married? We've been married for um, 10 years. Um, I think we've gotten to this point because I can be reckless with money, and I have been. And at the same time, I have grown, just maybe not that much. Um, I'm still trying, um, but I don't think, I think it comes down to him not trusting me. Yeah, but wait a second. Um, and I did my math wrong. It'd be seventy six hundred left if you put twenty four hundred on there. So why did he, he yeah. says that doesn't make a dent? That's a pretty good sized dent. Yeah, and uh, and that would actually actually leave me with four cards, and two of those cards I've already made payment plan arrangements with those credit card companies. And um, so I've why does what does he math. want you to do with that money? I he wants to save it because he thinks it would be better for our family because we're hoping to buy a house soon because we are currently renting and we need to bring obviously what we're paying monthly um, and living costs down. How's your relationship outside of the, the, the this issue? Um, I would say we have a, a pretty good relationship. Um, we definitely, finances is definitely the hardest thing to talk about together. Jessica, I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to be really honest. Like, take a you know, take a second to self reflect. You said that he doesn't trust you with money. Are you trustworthy at this point? At this point, where I'm at, yeah. Like, once this debt is paid off, you're going to close all these cards. Yes. Like they're going to yes. be gone forever, and you're never going back in debt. No, never. Like, have you had that I've had it moment? Because we, we've seen this over and over again where people freak out for a second, they pay off their debt, and then they're back in it a year later. Yeah, no, I definitely feel like I've been here for a while. That's why I got a job in September. Okay. Um, so that is why I haven't been able to catch up because I'm so behind that minimum payments are $60 plus on nine cards. Well, and that's the thing is like you feel the heat now, but we want to make sure even once you're caught up on payments, when you're not just like feeling this heat that this continues as a mm-hmm. lifestyle. So have y'all taken Financial Peace University yet? No. Okay, that's step one. And we'll gift it to you. Hang on the line after the call. Austin will get it to you. And that'll be our gift to you guys. And I want y'all to go through it. And if you can find a local community, so we have Financial Peace University happening all over the country. And I want you all to mm-hmm. go in person. Yeah. And go to this mm-hmm. class and mm-hmm. walk it out every week. At some point, you're going to have to literally cut up your credit cards and be done with them. Mm-hmm. And I want you all mm-hmm. to just get on the same page because I think you're at that spot where you're ready. But this is mm-hmm. this is pretty 
deep. And I mean, he is probably it's like I feel for both. I feel, you know, you're on the call and you're wanting to move forward. But he also has legitimate reasons for being a little bit nervous Mm -hmm. about this. But but the thing that I'm most concerned about is there's no unity on this. And this is really troubling. I mean, finances Mm -hmm. are the number one cause of divorce. And you guys you guys are playing with fire. And uh, I'm curious, do you have separate bank accounts as well? We do. We do now. Yes. Okay. What do you mean now? We didn't before. Um, before what? Before I got a job, I apologize. Um, so when so you got it, so so you've done stuff with money where he supposedly doesn't, or he doesn't trust you, and then you go out and get a job to try to deal with some of the mess that you've made, and that's when he says, "Let's get separate accounts." Yeah, he ended up um, getting his direct deposit shifted somewhere else to make sure that I wouldn't use it. Was that during the phase where debt was racking up? Uh, yeah, because, yeah. Okay, so yeah. you guys got to go see a marital counselor. Mm-hmm, yes. I'm dead serious because I don't want to unpack all this for the audience because, quite frankly, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. We don't mm-hmm. need to get down deep. Right. But you broke trust or, right. or, and, well, you know what? I think you broke trust, but I think he also used that. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But both of you are wounded and acting wounded, and 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 right. his. While you broke trust, the right response was not for him to go create a separate account. And now you guys have these two separate things. That's not the right response. So I want to address that. Go see a professional marital counselor, and let's get to the bottom of this. Because if mm-hmm. he wants to get healthy, and you guys are healthy in every other area of your marriage, then he's going to willingly do this. And you can rewind this, and he can watch this on YouTube. But I'll just tell mm-hmm. you, bro. Uh, yes, she may have wounded you and you you lost trust, but it's not okay for you to now all of a sudden create more separation. Two wrongs don't make a right. And and I'd get some marital counseling and I'd shove all those accounts together. I would also tell mm-hmm. you to call these people today when you get off this phone call and close the cards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Literally close the accounts. Okay. You don't have to pay them off to close them. Close them, cut the credit cards up, you're never going back to this again. You got to fight for your marriage. You got to fight for your husband's heart. You guys got to fight for unity yeah. on this. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to sugarcoat this. Mm-hmm. I'm not like getting all uh, worked up for no reason. Like, mm-hmm. this is serious, serious stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And if this stuff isn't okay, your marriage isn't okay. Like, even just with Ken asking the question of like, how is your marriage outside? Like, it's not okay if this isn't okay because. This is just like a symptom. There's distrust. There's all of these different things going on. And I'm right there with you. You need a counselor. And I think in this process, like you're both going to have to really be humble. Like I think you both have your fists up and you guys, you're defensive and you're cautious and you're distrusting. And it's like this for this to win, for you all to win with your money, like it's going to take humility with both of you. You both are going to go, whew, we've both done things wrong. Like we're both wrong. Mm -hmm. We both have made mistakes. We both have been distrusting and let's forgive what's happened. Obviously work through it with a counselor, but at some point you will have to reach a spot where you say, I forgive you and he forgives you. And then you go, let's start from here. Like all all the yeah. shame, all the guilt, all the bad things that have happened in our past, that's behind us. And now we're going to mm-hmm. build. Like we're going to build strong yeah. and we're going to build fresh and we're not going to hold all that stuff against each other. Yeah. Jessica, hang on the line. We're going to get you into Financial Peace University as our gift. And um, let's let's commit. Let's do whatever it takes 
for the two of you to go through this. Let's also get to some marital counseling. This stuff is all stuff that you can overcome. Uh, I don't want the seriousness of my tone to convey that it is uh, not something you can overcome, but it is very serious that we overcome it. And there are uh, many, many people who can help you all, certainly in the Charlotte area. Let's let's get you in an FBU class. Let's also get some counseling all at the same time. I would treat this as trauma um, because it is. So thank you for the call. Hang on. We'll take good care of you. Uh, folks, the numbers don't lie. When you aren't on the same page with your spouse on money, it creates a tremendous rift in your relationships, and it is the cause of many, many of a divorce. So don't just treat this as mine and yours. It's ours. Don't move. More of your calls coming right up. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. I'm joined by my colleague, Christina Ellis. Today's scripture of the day, Proverbs 21.3. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Our quote today, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the time is always right to do what is right. The man had a way with words and pathos that I just don't know if we'll ever see again. Uh, I believe he could have read the phone book and gave people goosebumps, you know? Just a phenomenal, phenomenal communicator. Great stuff there. All right, let's get back to the phones. Dawson is joining us now in Lansing, Michigan. Dawson, how can we help? Uh, yeah, so I'm a high school senior, and I'm kind of looking to go into to college next year, debt-free. Mm-hmm. And my question is, I've been applying for several scholarships for school. And so my question was, um, so my faith is a big part of my life, and I was just wondering, like, uh, like how open I should be about it. Like when I write like scholarship essay. Yeah. Do you have an example of like a question that you were considering answering with a faith-based answer? Um, so yeah, so there was one question that said, uh, like describe a period of like personal growth in your life. And at a young life camp, I really experienced kind of a turning point in my life and started to take my Christian faith more seriously. So I was wondering like, kind of, could I talk about that? as like the answer well there's that like more in depth or be vague about it yeah that's such a good question and there's not really a right or wrong answer because i mean a scholarship application in those essays they're trying to find out who you are it's about writing about your personal story and what's Mm -hmm. important to you so if that was a big part of your life and that is the experience you want to talk about then i would say talk about it Now, the bigger question on should you talk about faith in a scholarship application just in general, I mean, we're in a tricky place in the world right now where where there's just Mm -hmm. so many different opinions about religion and political issues and all these different things. I would Mm -hmm. say, and this may be, I'm scared I'm going to get in trouble, like, don't write just to try to preach at the judge. Like, if you're like, man, I'm going to try to write through my scholarship application to try to make some point. One of the things I've talked about in one of my books is there's a lot of political things that you could get into in scholarship applications. There's a lot of religious things. There's a lot of gender things and culture things and all these different things. And, you know, I, I do talk about being mindful of your audience and, you know, just being smart. Mm-hmm. Like if there is a political issue that you feel passionate about, I wouldn't say that a scholarship application is your place to try to make some sort of political point. But if your religious mm-hmm. experience was a huge part of your life journey and you going to this experience transformed you, then I wouldn't hide it. I would just go okay. ahead and write about yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Any other kind of, 
Yeah, it does for sure. For okay. sure, kind of. Right. Um, would you have any other like kind of tips or advice like on retiring on a scholarship essays? Yeah, does she? Does <laughs> she? Like, All right. So where this, do I start? I actually, I actually ordered your book. So. Good. Oh, good. <laughs> so, Chris, you know, like, how much money did you? I want people to hear this, and you would never just say it. So, tell people you did all this research, applied, you wrote, 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 wrote till your fingers bled. How much money did you get? I won over a half a million dollars in scholarships. Half a million dollars in scholarships. And man, I could talk about this literally all day. It gets right, me so him, excited. He's ready. Give him a couple of things. What does Dawson need to do right now? Yeah, well, you're already motivated. You're calling here, getting tips on it. Treat it like a part-time job. Like set a goal. It's easy for people to get really stoked about scholarships on a weekend and then apply for a bunch of scholarships and then get burned out and then not apply after that. So I want you to set a goal over okay. six months. Like even if it's just you apply for four a week, you know, over six months, that's going to be a ton of scholarships, like over a hundred scholarships. So it's like, you know, set a goal where you can carry it out over time and with essays specifically. Okay. So I feel like essays, that's an area where a lot of people just kind of either get freaked out or like stops them because a lot of people don't want to write essays. And forgive me. I'm going to, I really don't know. And this is going to be great for other people. Yeah. So is this where you're applying maybe to a foundation or to some private entity and they're saying, send us an essay. And then based on the merits or whatever in the essay, we'll decide whether or not we have we allow or we uh, award you scholarship money. Yeah, it's part of the application. Yeah, so there are many factors they're looking at, and one okay. part is essays. And one of the cool things that a lot of people don't realize when they sit down to do scholarship applications, let's say you're applying for 100 scholarships, the idea of writing 100 essays, that sounds overwhelming. I just broke out into a cold sweat. I'm <laughs> right. struggling right now. <laughs> But you don't have to write 100 essays. So I typically recommend that students write, you know, between five and 10 essays. A lot of these applications are asking the same question or a similar question. Oh, so, okay. so you, you just write, mix them around. You recycle them, basically. Oh, so you have nice. your core essays, about seven core essays. And then each time you have a new application, you kind of go through your Rolodex of essays and say, OK, which essay is closely related to this question, and then you can reuse it on future applications. So it's like once you filled out a few scholarship applications, the process gets easier. You can reuse those materials. How do you stand out? Well, one of the things that first came to mind too, just with like writing these different essays, especially if you're talking about your faith, get feedback. Ask several people for feedback on these essays. So whenever I was applying for one of the most competitive scholarships that I won, I literally asked like seven people to look at my essays. I asked English teachers. I asked I asked mentors. I wanted people to tell me, does this resonate with you? Does this move you? Mm -hmm. Because these scholarship judges, I think it sounds like they're these big, fancy official people sitting on some untouchable hill, but they're real people. Like, you know, they're alumni from different scholarships. They're teachers. They're people who care about students. So it's like if you can get your essay solid enough that it impacts your teacher, that it impacts your parents, your coaches, then it's like that is going to be a really solid essay that has a higher likelihood of actually impacting the judges reading it. Nice. And that sounds like a lot of effort. But again, once you have those solid essays, those can be recycled for future oh, applications. Like All right, Dawson, real quick, where, where are you where are you wanting to go or do you have some ideas? What's what's the path? I'd love to just kind of hit this rock star Christina with a with a real life scenario and see what she spits out to you. So what are you thinking? Yeah, so right now um, I'm planning on going to a small Christian college. Okay. Um, so maybe like there's one called Taylor University, sure. uh, one called North Greenville in South Carolina. Okay. Um, those are just two that 
what are you what are you uh, what are you pursuing what do you think you want to pursue yeah so right now um like mechanical engineering is like probably my number one and then maybe like civil or chemical kind of below that so like one thing is like i don't have a ton of like i guess experience aside from like math classes i've taken to kind of like apply for like stem i guess more stem scholarships yeah so, but that's kind of like, my passion is kind of like, I like math and science a lot. All right. So. so Christina, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but again, this is like, yeah. y- you could wake Let's up go. at three in the morning and spit out a couple of things <laughs> based on what little bit of information he gave you. Where is he looking? What type of things is he trying to look for? Are you a senior right now or a junior? I'm a senior. So it's kind of a little bit late. Yeah. You're in crunch time. Have you applied to these colleges yet? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So I've gotten into most of them and then i think i'll probably have to have like around 15 to twenty thousand dollars to pay for a full year okay and with these stem scholarships are you seeing requirements that you have certain stem experience or what's kind of holding you back from applying for these um so no, none of them like like require that but some of them kind of like ask like okay like what are, what are stem like activities that you've been involved in in high school I would um, encourage you to like dig deep and be creative because a lot of times I've talked to people who think they don't have certain experiences. I talk a lot about like how to build out your resume and they're like, man, I don't have a lot to put on my resume. And I'm like, well, have you ever volunteered at your church? And they're like, yeah, I serve. I serve every Sunday. And I'm like, do you ever yeah. serve in your community? And they're like, yeah, I babysit for my neighbor all the time. And it's like, those are all things you can put mm-hmm. in your scholarship resume. So I encourage you when thinking about STEM things, are there any things that you have done that could at least show some glimmer of interest? And then also with these essays, consider talking about maybe something you want to do in the future in STEM. So if you don't have a ton to talk about looking back historically, dream about the future. Like, I would like to change the world this way. I'm really passionate about impacting people this way. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I can give you something now, finally. All right, so here it is, (laughs) young man. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take what Christina just said, and as as it relates to engineering and all that kind of world, I want you to, to, in your essay, write about a problem that you want to solve. The people that that solution will impact share a narrative a dream a vision that will be huge because they want to give people a chance to change the world and say they had something to do with it hey we got to get out of here before we do christina ellis great hour james childs our fearless captain uh, behind the glass and the support crew thank you guys and you america thank you for listening this is the ramsey show Hey, it's Ken. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey baby steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.